In his commentary on Luke 2, 1, 7, John MacArthur delves into the significance of the birth of Jesus Christ, contrasting the event's humble circumstances with its profound theological implications. He describes Jesus' birth as a seemingly ordinary event in a small village in Israel, which was in fact the incarnation of the Son of God, marking God's entry into human society as a human being. MacArthur emphasises that while Jesus' birth was physically similar to that of any other child, Jesus himself was unique, being both fully divine and human. This event, he notes, is often overlooked or misrepresented in modern secular celebrations of Christmas, which have strayed far from their original meaning. The commercialization and secularization of Christmas have transformed it into a festival of materialism and self-indulgence, losing sight of its true significance as the celebration of the birth of Christ. He discusses how the early church did not originally celebrate Christ's birth, with some early Christian leaders even opposing the idea as they viewed birthday celebrations as a pagan custom. The choice of December 25th as the date to celebrate Jesus' birth, MacArthur explains, was not based on biblical evidence, but was likely chosen to counter pagan festivals or due to theological speculation about the date of Jesus' conception. Also, MacArthur explores the incorporation of various non-biblical elements into Christmas traditions, such as gift-giving, mistletoe and the Christmas tree. These elements, he argues, have further obscured the true meaning of Christmas. He accentuates that figures like Santa Claus, derived from St Nicholas, a symbol of generosity, have become central to Christmas, overshadowing the celebration's religious aspect. Referencing Martin Luther, MacArthur affirms the theological depth of the Incarnation and the challenge of comprehending God becoming man. He concludes by returning to the Gospel of Luke, explaining that the narrative of Jesus' birth in Bethlehem fulfills Old Testament prophecy, orchestrated by divine intervention, and serves as a reminder of Jesus' role as saviour, fulfilling global, national and personal prophecies. Moreover, MacArthur centres on the profound interplay between divine providence and historical events, particularly focusing on the census decreed by Caesar Augustus. He views this political act not merely as a historical event, but as a crucial element in God's divine plan for the birth of Jesus Christ in Bethlehem, as foretold by prophecy. MacArthur dives into the historical context, asserting the significance of Caesar Augustus, born Gaius Octavius and later known as Octavian. Augustus's reign marked the transition from the Roman Republic to the Roman Empire and was characterised by stability and prosperity known as the Pax Romana. This period was instrumental in shaping the socio-political landscape of the time. The census, a common administrative practice in the Roman Empire, is portrayed by MacArthur as a tool used by God to orchestrate the fulfilment of prophecy. He addresses scholarly debates and criticisms about the historicity and timing of the census, highlighting the accuracy of Luke's account based on historical records and practices of that era. MacArthur indicates the tension between the Roman authorities and the Jewish populace, maintaining their resistance to Roman rule, abhorrence of idolatry and frustration with the taxation system. This tension frames the backdrop against which the nativity story unfolds. Furthermore, MacArthur contends that God's sovereignty is evident in how he utilises the actions of a powerful emperor like Augustus to achieve his purposes. This aligns with the Christian belief in God's omnipotence and his ability to guide historical events. The journey of Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem, compelled by the census, 
is seen as a fulfilment of Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah's birthplace, demonstrating the intricate weaving of divine purpose through human history. MacArthur's analysis thus presents the Nativity story as a testament to the harmonious relationship between divine providence and human history. In addition, MacArthur digs into the historical and prophetic context of Jesus Christ's birth, illuminating how this event fulfills key Old Testament prophecies. He starts by pointing out the significance of Bethlehem, a seemingly minor Judean town, as the foretold birthplace of the Messiah. This insight is anchored in the prophecy of Micah, which indicated that though Bethlehem was small, it would produce a ruler whose origins are eternal, clearly alluding to the divine nature of Christ. MacArthur explains the narrative setting, focusing on Joseph and Mary's journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem. This journey was not just a mere historical occurrence, but a divine orchestration to fulfil the messianic prophecy. He reiterates Bethlehem's elevation and its title as the City of David, drawing a connection to King David and the prophetic significance of the location. Addressing the rationale behind Mary accompanying Joseph, MacArthur proposes several explanations. He suggests a legal requirement for Mary's registration in the census, social pressure in Nazareth due to her pregnancy, and the couple's awareness of the prophecy. He repeats that these human factors, combined with the decree from Rome, were used by God to ensure the prophecy's fulfilment in Bethlehem. Further, MacArthur reconciles the apparent contradiction in the Gospels regarding Joseph and Mary's marital status. He clarifies the Jewish engagement and marriage customs, explaining that engagement was a legally binding agreement, and physical union typically occurred post-marriage. This understanding helps to resolve the different descriptions in Luke and Matthew's accounts, with Luke referring to them as engaged and Matthew as married. Overall, MacArthur not only provides historical and cultural insights into the birth of Jesus, but also underlines the narrative as a fulfilment of prophecy, intricately woven into the tapestry of God's sovereign plan. This perspective enriches the understanding of the Nativity story, underscoring its deep roots in Jewish history and prophecy. Besides, MacArthur provides a nuanced and insightful interpretation of the birth of Jesus Christ, emphasising its profound simplicity and historical significance. He starts by noting the unembellished style of Luke's narration, focusing on the event's humble nature. Joseph and Mary are in Bethlehem, and there, in a modest setting, Mary gives birth to Jesus, marking the entrance of the second person of the Trinity into the human realm. This momentous event, devoid of grand celestial fanfare, accentuates the humility at the core of Christ's incarnation. MacArthur then addresses the theological implications of Jesus being referred to as Mary's firstborn son, challenging the Roman Catholic teaching of Mary's perpetual virginity. He supports his argument with scriptural references to Jesus' half-siblings, affirming the distinction between firstborn and only child in biblical texts. This discussion examines the cultural and legal significance of the firstborn in Jewish society, particularly regarding inheritance rights, noting that Jesus' earthly father, Joseph, was not wealthy, but bestowed upon Jesus the right to the throne of Israel. The simplicity of Jesus' birth is further asserted by the description of Mary wrapping Jesus in cloths and placing him in a manger. MacArthur clarifies common misconceptions about the nativity scene, particularly the type of shelter where Jesus was born, suggesting that it may not have been a conventional stable. Additionally, he discusses the term in used in the scripture, 
proposing it could refer to a variety of shelters available to travellers. In sum, MacArthur reflects on the spiritual and symbolic importance of Jesus' humble birth. He connects this event to several biblical passages that highlights Jesus' mission as a servant and saviour, who came into the world not in majesty but in modesty, to serve humanity and offer salvation. This portrayal aligns with the Christian belief in Jesus' sacrificial love and his purpose in bearing the sins of mankind, indicating the significance of his humble beginnings. Also, MacArthur maintains Christ's birth-humble circumstances, juxtaposed with its monumental divine significance. MacArthur notes that Christ's incarnation, as described in Philippians 2, 7, is a miraculous event that transcends all linguistic expression. This event contrasts sharply with the lowly and obscure conditions of Jesus' birth, a paradox pointing out the divine humility. MacArthur critiques the common misconception of a disconnect between the Old and New Testaments regarding God's nature. He debates that the Old Testament consistently portrays God as a saviour and deliverer, contrasting this with the indifference or cruelty of the false gods of neighbouring cultures, such as Baal and Molech. This contrast reiterates the unique, compassionate nature of the God of Israel. Central to MacArthur's exposition is the concept of Jesus as the Saviour, integral to the Gospel. He repeats that this concept is not exclusive to the New Testament, but is deeply rooted in Old Testament theology. He references various scriptures where God is referred to as the Saviour, setting the stage for understanding Jesus Christ as the fulfilment of these prophecies in the New Testament. The sacrificial death of Jesus prophesied in Isaiah 53 is underlined as the core of salvation. This passage is presented as the embodiment of the Messiah's role in bearing the sins of humanity, a theme that unites the Old and New Testament believers who are saved through Christ. In essence, MacArthur underscores that the announcement of Jesus' birth is not merely a historical event, but represents the profound truth of the Gospel. It encapsulates the proclamation, pervasiveness, person, purpose and picture of the good news, marking Jesus not just as a moral guide or social reformer, but as the saviour of the world, fulfilling God's promises and bringing salvation to humanity. Moreover, MacArthur focuses on the significant announcement of Jesus Christ's birth to shepherds, emphasising the symbolic and historical importance of shepherds in the biblical context. He accentuates the low social standing of shepherds during the post-New Testament era, marked by a general perception of them as untrustworthy and unclean due to their inability to fully comply with Sabbath regulations. However, MacArthur contrasts this with the revered status of historical figures like Moses and David, who were shepherds, and the metaphorical depiction of God as a shepherd in the Old Testament. Furthermore, MacArthur explores the choice of shepherds as recipients of the Good News, suggesting that it aligns with Old Testament prophecy about the Messiah's ministry. This ministry, as prophesied in Isaiah 61, won and fulfilled by Jesus, focused on the poor, the lowly and the outcasts of society. He affirms that Jesus' ministry was not aimed at the self-righteous or the wealthy, but at those humbled and broken by sin, a theme consistent throughout Jesus' life. In addition, the commentary explores the setting around Bethlehem, where the shepherds were tending their flocks. MacArthur explains the shepherding practices of the time and speculates on the significance of the location, suggesting the possibility that the sheep could have been destined for temple sacrifices. The angelic announcement, MacArthur notes, was a dramatic event that broke the normalcy of the shepherd's routine. 
This event is marked by the manifestation of God's glory, an awe-inspiring phenomenon that signified God's presence returning to the world through Christ. The message of the angel, do not be afraid, indicates a shift from fear to joy, asserting the nature of the announcement as one of salvation and joy. In essence, MacArthur highlights the significance of the term good news used in Luke's account, linking it to the joy and redemption available through Christ, a pivotal moment in God's plan of redemption for humanity. This event symbolises the inclusion of the humble and lowly in the salvation story, a core theme of Jesus' ministry. Further, MacArthur indicates the universal nature of the gospel message. He begins by examining the angel's proclamation, as recorded in Luke 2.10, which declares the good news as being for all the people. MacArthur clarifies that the term laos, people, initially refers to Israel, as evidenced by numerous references throughout Luke's Gospel and other parts of the New Testament. This aligns with the theological understanding that salvation originates from the Jews, a concept further supported by John 4.22 and Romans 1.16. However, MacArthur disputes that the scope of salvation extends beyond the Jewish people. He cites the experience of Simeon who, upon seeing the infant Jesus, recognises him as God's salvation prepared for all peoples. This moment, as MacArthur notes, reflects a significant shift from a singular focus on Israel to a plural, inclusive embrace of the Gentiles. Simeon's revelation aligns with the prophecies of Isaiah, which speak of a light that comes to shine in the darkness, a salvation that reaches beyond the Jewish nation to encompass all nations and peoples. MacArthur maintains that this expansion of the Gospel's reach is not an afterthought, but a fulfilment of God's long-standing plan, as foretold by the prophets. He notes the significant transition in the New Testament narrative, where the message of salvation first proclaimed to Israel is then extended to the entire world. This global mission of the Church is encapsulated in the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19, 20, where Jesus instructs his disciples to make disciples of all nations. In short, MacArthur points out the inclusive and expansive nature of the Christian message of salvation. It's a message that begins with the Jews, but ultimately encompasses every nation and people, demonstrating God's universal love and plan for humanity. Besides, MacArthur reiterates that this birth, occurring in Bethlehem, the city of David, marked the arrival of the Saviour for humanity. The angel's announcement to the shepherds is central to MacArthur's interpretation. He repeats that Jesus was announced not by his earthly name but by his titles, Saviour, Christ and Lord, each carrying deep theological significance. The title Saviour is underlined as the most crucial underscoring Jesus' mission to save humanity from sins. MacArthur criticises contemporary interpretations that reduce Jesus' role to solving worldly problems like unfulfilment in personal or professional life. Instead, he stresses that Jesus came to address the fundamental issue of sin, offering salvation and deliverance from God-imposed guilt that leads to eternal damnation. The title Christ or Messiah signifies Jesus' anointment as the prophesied deliverer in Jewish tradition. MacArthur explains that this title encompasses Jesus' roles as the divinely appointed king, the great high priest mediating between God and humanity, and the ultimate prophet, God's supreme messenger. These roles illustrate the multifaceted nature of Jesus' mission and his divine authority. Regarding the title Lord, MacArthur argues that it goes beyond a mere respectful address to denote Jesus' divine status. This title equates Jesus with God, 
an essential tenet of Christian belief, as confessing Jesus as Lord is integral to salvation. The shepherd's sign, finding Jesus wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger, is also significant in MacArthur's analysis. While swaddling was common, the manger setting was unusual, serving as a divine signal for the shepherds. This juxtaposition of Jesus' divine status with his humble birth circumstances emphasises the doctrine of the Incarnation, portraying Jesus as the divine taking human form and choosing humility. In summary, MacArthur presents Jesus Christ's birth as a transformative event, central to Christian belief. He accentuates Jesus as the saviour from sins, the anointed Christ with multifaceted divine roles, and the Lord, affirming his divine nature. The humility of his birth setting serves to affirm the extraordinary nature of his incarnation and mission. Additionally, MacArthur probes into the profound theological implications of the angelic proclamation made at Jesus' birth. He asserts the extraordinary nature of the event, noting the unprecedented appearance of a multitude of angels. This multitude, according to MacArthur, signifies not just a large number, but a representation of a significant heavenly occurrence. Their collective praising of God marks a momentous event in the history of salvation. MacArthur explores the angels' role and their constant state of praising God, linking their joy to the human salvation narrative. This joy in heaven, especially over a repentant sinner, highlights the angels' profound involvement and concern in God's redemptive plan for humanity. The angelic chorus is seen as more than a celebration of a birth. It is a recognition of the incarnation's pivotal role in the story of salvation. The message of glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased, is unpacked by MacArthur as an announcement of the unique peace brought through Christ. This peace is distinct from worldly peace, signifying reconciliation between a holy God and sinful humanity. It's a peace that stems from salvation offered through faith in Christ, the Prince of Peace. Crucially, MacArthur indicates that this peace is not for everyone indiscriminately, but is specifically intended for men with whom he is pleased. This phrase is interpreted as those chosen by God's grace, not based on human merit or good works. Salvation, in MacArthur's view, is an act of divine grace, a gift to those whom God elects to save. This perspective maintains the concept of unmerited favour, a cornerstone of Christian soteriology. In essence, MacArthur's commentary on Luke 2.13, 14 presents the angel's announcement as a pivotal moment in divine history. It points out the glory of God in the highest and the peace brought to earth through Jesus Christ, reiterating the grace-based nature of salvation and the joyous response of the heavenly beings to God's redemptive work. Last but not least, MacArthur centres on the shepherd's encounter with the divine revelation of Jesus Christ's birth, repeating their faith-driven response and the broader theological implications. The shepherds, upon hearing the angelic announcement of Christ's birth, decide to visit Bethlehem. This decision embodies the initial steps toward Christian faith, hearing and believing God's revelation. Their eagerness to verify the news reflects a profound faith and a desire to witness God's word made manifest. Upon arriving in Bethlehem and finding Mary Joseph and the baby Jesus, their faith is confirmed. This event symbolises the next stage in salvation, where belief translates into actively seeking and finding Christ. MacArthur underlines this as a natural progression in the journey of faith, starting with hearing the news, believing it, and culminating in action based on that belief. 
The interaction between the shepherds and Mary and Joseph likely involved the sharing of their extraordinary experience, providing further validation of Jesus' divine nature. This encounter transforms the shepherds into the first evangelists of the New Testament, who enthusiastically spread the news of the Messiah's birth. Their zeal in proclaiming this news is indicative of the fervour often seen in new believers. In stark contrast to the shepherds' fervent faith, the general public reacts with mere wonder and curiosity, lacking a deeper commitment or understanding. Mary, however, exhibits a contemplative and profound acceptance of the events. She ponders the birth's deeper meaning, anticipating the future sacrifices and pain that will be intertwined with Jesus' life and mission. MacArthur concludes by reflecting on the shepherds returning to their pastoral life, now transformed by their divine encounter. They continue to glorify and praise God, demonstrating the transformative power of a true Christian experience. This transformation signifies the progression from initial faith to a mature, deeper understanding and worship of Christ, a journey marked by continuous growth and deepening relationship with God. In conclusion, MacArthur presents a profound theological interpretation of the birth of Jesus Christ, underscoring its contrast between humble earthly circumstances and its monumental divine significance. He notes that while Jesus' birth appeared ordinary, occurring in a small village in Israel, it was in fact the incarnation of the Son of God, a pivotal event in which God entered human society as a human being. This duality of Jesus being both fully divine and human emphasises the unique nature of this event, often lost in modern secular celebrations of Christmas, which tend to focus more on materialism and self-indulgence rather than its original profound meaning. Also, MacArthur discusses the historical context of Jesus' birth, particularly focusing on the role of the census decreed by Caesar Augustus. He sees this political act as a crucial element in fulfilling God's plan, ensuring Jesus' birth in Bethlehem as prophesied. Augustus's reign, marking the transition from the Roman Republic to the Roman Empire, played a significant role in setting the stage for these events. Moreover, MacArthur examines the fulfilment of Old Testament prophecies through Jesus' birth. He accentuates Bethlehem's importance as the prophesied birthplace of the Messiah and how divine orchestration and human factors, such as the journey of Mary and Joseph from Nazareth to Bethlehem, converge to fulfil these prophecies. Furthermore, MacArthur critiques modern interpretations of Christmas, affirming the addition of non-biblical elements like gift-giving and Christmas trees, which tend to overshadow the holiday's religious aspect. He stresses the importance of understanding Jesus' titles, Saviour, Christ and Lord, announced at his birth, which encapsulate his divine mission and authority. In sum, MacArthur's analysis not only offers historical and cultural insights, but also asserts the nativity story as a fulfilment of prophecy, intricately woven into the tapestry of God's sovereign plan. His interpretation enriches the understanding of the nativity story, highlighting its deep roots in Jewish history and prophecy.